0: Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Blaze Church! Are we awake? Are we here? Give me some noise. Give me something. Awesome. Uh, Well, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, My name's Joe, and I'm so excited to be here with you this morning to continue our series, Names of Christmas. We're in part two, um, and we're looking at these different names that were given to Jesus hundreds of years before his birth by the prophet Isaiah. And as we explore these different descriptors, We are going to find out these incredible truths that we can have for our lives, and we are going to celebrate the real reason why we gather together as a family, December 25th, the birth of Christ. So our passage from this series comes from Isaiah 9-6, and I'd love to read it. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, and if you guys can all say this with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Last week, if you were here, Josh did an incredible job kicking off our series discussing how Jesus is our amazing, wonderful counselor, and this morning, I want us to discuss I'm sorry, I want us to discuss how Jesus is our mighty God. So let's jump in. Um, As we approach another holiday season, another Christmas, I've noticed that the world does a really good job at pointing out what's lacking in our lives during this season. Um, Maybe you're going into this season single or recently widowed, or you're going into this Christmas, not being able to buy the most fancy gifts for your friends and family. Or you're, you're shopping around these stores and it's just reminding you, wow, I don't, I, I don't have any of this. I, I, the, the world wants me to have this. Why don't I have the latest? Um, or maybe this Christmas, it's, it's tough to even focus on the decorations or music because you yourself or a family member may be going through an illness or a medical problem. Or maybe it's just broken relationships in your life. You know, Christmas is known for this togetherness, this generosity, and you're just not feeling that. And whatever it might be for you, let's face it: not not every Christmas is the same each year. Um, there are some Christmases that may be more dreadful than cheerful. Now, I know I can relate. Last Christmas, me and my wife spent Christmas and New Year's sick, and. It just was sad not to be able to do the normal traditions and everything that we're so accustomed to doing. Like I was listening to music and I was like, "It is not a Holly and Jolly Christmas." And by the way, who who perpetuated this acceptance of breaking and entering by a portly fellow with a beard? Like I, I'm a homeowner now. I, I this doesn't seem right. Um, it it just was. It just wasn't. It wasn't what it used to be. And and these cultural narratives of Christmas they they kind of cast what a perfect, what a hallmark Christmas is supposed to be, but it loses sight of what Christmas is all about. It loses sight of, of Christ's birth. And as we explore this series, we're going to renew our focus on what Christmas is about, how Christ was born, and he ultimately became our Savior and enabled us a relationship with the mighty God. And we're going to be reminded through God's Word today um, about this truth. And it's going to be an incredible time. Um, and... The story that I want to look at is a miracle that happened between someone and Jesus. It's specifically between a Roman centurion. And now the Bible is chock full of different miracles, signs, wonders. But I wanted to look at this specific one because it really shows the power, the mighty of our God. But not only that, um, it really builds up my faith and it gives us some practical things that we can do not just during christmas time but throughout our lives so we're going to be out of matthew um, chapter 8 verse 5 and i want to read this entire story and then highlight some key moments Um, so let's start in uh, verse 5 when jesus had entered capernaum a centurion came to him asking for help lord he said my servant lies at home paralyzed suffering terribly Jesus said to him shall I come and heal him the centurion replied Lord I do not deserve to have you come under my roof but just say the word and my servant will be healed for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me I tell this one go and he goes I tell that one come and he comes I say to my servant do this and he does it when Jesus heard this he was amazed And he said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go. Let it be done just as you believed it would be. And his servant was healed at that very moment. It's an incredible story. I love it. And I want to give you some context here. Because before Jesus' arrival in the Old Testament, uh, God's chosen people were the Jewish people. And those who weren't Jewish, they were referenced as Gentiles. And then Jesus comes on the scene. His ministry starts And people, both Jewish and non-Jewish, are hearing these incredible stories and miracles and witnessing with their own eyes and hearing this message of all nations will worship God, not just the Jewish nation. And this Roman officer, a leader of soldiers, someone who at the time was most likely despised by the Jewish people due to the Roman guards mistreatment and oppression of, of these Jewish people. This Roman guard is coming to Jesus. This Gentile is coming to Jesus. and this in and it of itself is a large stepping out of faith. They presumably may be heard by word of mouth or seen something. And after they initiate this request for healing, they say something unexpected. Again, in in verse 8, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But, and if we can say this together, just say the word and my servant will be healed. This centurion, as powerful as they may have been in the Roman guard leading others, this centurion recognizes that he has limits, that his might has limits. It's not strong enough to overcome their circumstance, and they need a mighty God. They need someone to help them. And what they they do here is something that I speculate is something that someone in an army never wants to do, hates to do. They surrender. They say they don't just surrender. They acknowledge that they need the mighty power of God. And I... When I'm studying this and I'm looking back, it really got me thinking to the times where I was in the middle of difficult situations and my might wasn't good enough. When I felt like my job was on the rocks or I felt I was in a really bad financial state um, or when a family member was in the hospital. And I look back to those times and moments in my life and I ask myself, who or what did I go to when my back was against the wall? Was I approaching this like the centurion? And and honestly, I look back at some times, and there were some times where I did, you know, I did really get into God's Word. I got into prayer. That was my first response. But then I look at other times, and I see, wow, I, I cling to fear. I cling to anxiety, to worry. And maybe you can relate this morning to either something that's currently going on in your life or something that you faced in the past where, Jesus wasn't the choice that you went to. It was more maybe isolation or anger or denial. Or maybe you felt like you had it all under control or that you could stuff it down. Or, you know, I could just talk to my friends and family or I could just rely on my self-help books and financial security in the bank. So my one of my questions this morning is what are you bringing into this holiday season right now that needs to be laid down and surrender? That needs to be lay down and surrender like the centurion did. Jesus says later in Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Imagine going through your challenging times and ending your day feeling restful. I know I want that. I want that always. And it starts with surrender. It starts with that acknowledgement that we are in need of a Savior. We weren't created and designed to be walking alone in life. And so we see, we see the centurion. They acknowledge they have limits, that they need Jesus, that their might isn't good enough. And then we see Jesus acknowledge the centurion in an astounding way. Matthew 8:10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now, you gotta, you got to put yourself in the shoes of everybody around Jesus right now, because that statement stung. We're in Capernaum. We're in a northern part of Israel. The population is mostly Jewish people. And Jesus is telling these Jewish people, that a non-Jewish Gentile Roman centurion has displayed better faith that he's seen in his entire time here on Israel. And you know, we see this countless times in the Old Testament, whether it's, you know, the first and second Kings, uh, you know, the, the, everyone wandering in the desert, there's these countless times where the Jewish people were taking, grant, taking for granted their relationship with God, disobeying his commands. Um, And it was continuing even at the time where where Jesus was on earth, they were stuck in these kind of religious and law aspects. Um, And again, a challenging statement to read because the question that I asked myself after reading it is, how am I taking my relationship with God for granted? And for those who are following Jesus today, you know, the, it's a question that when you really reflect on it it, it, it brings out a lot of truths. You know, we've been giving this unlimited access to God yeah. and his word. And yet, are we approaching God in these situations like the centurion? Yeah. Like someone who, who, who stepped out of faith, who, who, who was stepping in a crowd of people who, who did not like them. A faith that says, God, I recognize that your ways are higher than my ways. I might not be able to understand why everything happens, why what you are capable of doing, but my circumstances require a mighty God. Yeah. The battle belongs to you. You're the God who moves mountains, yes. who creates miracles with a single word, thought, just power. Yeah. And, and the story really encourages and emboldens me this morning. Yeah. It's, it's something that when I read, I'm, I'm fired up. So let's continue in verse 11. Jesus continues, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Again, a beautiful reminder and affirmation that all are welcome into God's kingdom. It is not a particular group. You don't have to be uh, following something in a particular way. It's for every single person. All are welcome. We're all invited to believe and surrender, just as the Roman centurion has. It's not based on country of origin, race, anything else. And it's a free invitation with no strings attached. And I know that sounds too good to be true, but it's true. There's nothing that we can do to earn this. And Jesus says, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There are two and very important things to highlight from this portion of scripture. One, it's a it's another reminder that eternity is real. That at the end we're either spending eternity with God or separated from God. And furthermore, your salvation isn't based on works or anything. There's again a lot of people who thought at the time that they needed to do something in a very particular order, a very particular way, and that was going to be their ticket. That was going to be what got them uh, in good favor with God. But it was was false salvation they were operating under. And Jesus is reminding them, everyone's welcome, eternity is real, and those who think that they could do something to earn their salvation, they're wrong. Jesus paid it, He paid it all. He paid it all when he died on the cross for our sins. And then Jesus concludes, he says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done, just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Just like that, Jesus' word was all that was needed. Jesus' word was mighty. The servant was healed, not three hours later, not when the centurion got back. He said, let it be done. It was done. That very moment, it was done. What an incredible display of power by our God. He's our redeemer. He's our healer. He is mighty. There is nothing that you're facing or someone in your friend and family are facing that there's nothing mightier. There's nothing that can't be overcome by God. And the centurion, he just needed to talk with Jesus. He needed to seek him out. This this story is also told in Luke and there's there's some conflicting, maybe it was the centurion's uh, guard who came, but someone had to physically seek out Jesus to get in front of him and say, Help me. I surrender. And we get to seek him out always, no matter what. We're in his presence right now. We get to seek him out and thank him in in both Thanksgiving and during hardship. And I can't stress it enough this morning, the incredible fact that God's presence is always with you. His Holy Spirit is with you. And it was all enabled by the sacrifice that Jesus made. And again, Christmas is about that and it's it's tough sometimes you are you're we all get distracted with the lights and the sounds and the the cocoa um and and it really comes down to celebrating the birth of christ this fact is going to be worth more than any present you receive this or any other holiday season so some of you might be questioning so how do we stay connected How do we we approach these situations like the centurion? How do we come to Jesus in these times bold, saying, I I need you, I surrender to you? And and listen, it's tough. We are in a time where things are vying for our attention, Not just our attention, our hearts. And it all starts with God's word. John 1 14 says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. Jesus stepped down from his throne in heaven, came to this earth and in the form of a human, and he was born on Christmas Day to ultimately be our Savior. The birth of Christ is just the starting point of the story. He, Jesus lived a perfect life. He took on a brutal beating and killing in order for us to freely connect with God, yeah. no matter what's going on. And think about the things that we take in on a daily basis, both sight, sound, sound voluntarily, involuntarily. Think about those things. How many of those things are giving you peace, grace, truth, hope, salvation? Those things are unconditionally being there for you always. There's just, it's not happening. And staying connected to Christ through God's word is one of the key things for us to do to recognize God's might in everything. It builds up our faith. It builds up our trust. In God in all of our circumstances. God's word is filled with truth, proverbs, life lessons, incredible counts of Jesus' time on earth. But as I thought about it and thought about the things that I feel are important when reading God's word, I feel that have come to my heart. The three things that, that I feel when I read God's word is I reflect, I am refreshed, and I'm reverent. Reflecting on what you're reading is so important. If you aren't reflecting, you're you're just reading words on a page or on your screen. And there are so many different ways you can reflect on God's Word. There are awesome devotionals, there's electronic resources. Um, but I wanted to leave you with something practical, something that we can all leave with today. And one of the popular methods of reading God's word is called the SOAP method. And what SOAP stands for is Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So to go over that briefly, Scripture is very obvious. It's, it's, it's making the time. It's getting in God's word, reading a, a scripture. And you might ask, like, where do I start? And there's so many great resources. The Version Bible app on your phone, you can type in a feeling. I'm feeling worried. And boom, you, you are given passages of scripture to read that are relevant. So I recommend you kind of digging in that. There's, there's great books you can buy and devotionals off of Amazon. Um, but yeah, reading the scripture, making the time, and then observation. What do you notice about these verses? What do you think the main message was at the time? What, what words, what ideas stood out or jumped out to you? And then application. Asking God how he wants you to apply this verse. How can I take this into my daily life today? Because it is relevant. How do I apply it to what I'm going through? And then prayer, it's praying and asking God to continue to just show you his word in unique ways for your life, praying for others. And when you view God's word in this way, it really allows the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to show you really what the passages of scripture, what they're about, what you're reading, how it applies. In Psalm 119, the psalmist writes, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's just, it's incredible. This psalmist just, they just, they want to they reach for God's word. That's what their first react. They want it. That's in their heart. That's what they want to go to. Not the, not something else, not something that someone else said or advice that someone gave you or a movie you saw. They're reaching for God's word as their first response. Reflection is such an important part of reading scripture. And when we read it, we seek the Lord, and and I believe it refreshes you. Psalms 51, 10 through 12, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Our sustainer. And as I do this, it creates a reverence, a deep respect for God, his word, his commands. It's a healthy fear of God, the God of all creation, the one who created you and me. Imagine if this Christmas season, instead of you being reminded of all the things that you lacked, you were reminded through God's word all of his promises for your life. The incredible sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, that we have this ability to seek God no matter where we are in our lives. We serve a mighty God. And let us remember the importance of reading his holy word, reflecting on it, how it impacts us, being refreshed by his word and his spirit and revering the one who created us in the world and just this existence. And I encourage every one of you to, to jump in a daily habit of just getting into God's word. But I did want to highlight something upcoming in a few weeks in January. We do this every year and it's our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's really just an amazing time to break old habits, to create new habits, to tune out the noise and the garbage in our lives, and to just really listen and hear what God is speaking to you, praying, being in his word, worshiping, and, and, and coming. Every, we, we have worship on every Saturday. It's going to be an amazing time, and I can't tell you how refreshed I felt last January especially coming off of the year we were coming off of. Yeah. It was really amazing to just get rid of the noise yeah. and focus yeah. on God. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about it, we'll, we'll be speaking about it in the coming weeks, but you can go to blazechurch.org fasting. We have some incredible messages that Pastor Keith has done in the past, some great resources that you can go take a look about fasting and and the different types of fasting um, and all the different things that we offer. So I really encourage you to do so. So if I wanted to boil everything down, I want us to look to the faith that the Centurion had as an example this morning. This was someone who sought out out the word who became flesh. He rested knowing that just one word from jesus had the power to change his life that god's might could overcome any obstacle any mountain that we are facing i want to invite the band up and i'd like to pray for us this morning i'd like for i'd like to pray for us so that we feel that we can surrender that we don't have to walk this life feeling alone, feeling scared, feeling this this uncomfortable feeling. So if you join me and bow your heads, I'd love to pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice. We pray that, that you just continue to speak to us through your word, through our time and our gathering here, Lord. We thank you so much for your son. We celebrate his birth on Christmas because it is worth celebrating, not just on Christmas, but every day, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross, God. We know that there's nothing that we can do to earn this salvation, that you paid it all on the cross, that you took it all on so that we could be in God's presence and seek him through his word and prayer and gathering here on Sundays, Lord. I pray for those who, whose hearts may be hard right now, who, who just, who feels unloved, who feels that their back is against the wall. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to soften their hearts, Lord. I pray that they surrender, that they lay it all at your feet. Jesus' name, amen. Some of us may be visiting church for the first time in a long time or even, even the first time. They're hearing this message of this free, too-good-to-be-true-but-true true salvation, that, we, that we're able to walk alongside God. He's always there, no matter what we do. And I wanna give the opportunity this morning for those who wanna accept Jesus and say, I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to acknowledge that you are king that you are a mighty, powerful God. And if that's you this morning, wherever you are, I'd love to just say a prayer for you. Father God, you see our hearts. You see our circumstances. You are our creator. I pray for those who are saying right now, I am ready to start this journey. I am ready to be just in your presence, to be in your word. Lord, I just pray that that you bless every single person who's taking this step to say, I want to know Jesus. In your name, amen.